Clancy Pasta presents, The reason we can't go through mirrors is because the thing inside always blocks your way. Written by Southie1234. I'm not implying that anyone should ever try going through one. Actually, don't ever do so. One night a few months back, as I was brushing my teeth in the bathroom, I suddenly ducked down because I thought I heard a cockroach near the ceiling right on top of me. I could have sworn my reflection was a beat off. Feeling a bit creeped out, I rushed back to my room. After that, for an entire month, I avoided mirrors altogether, afraid of what I might see in it. I won't go through the details, but it was a surprisingly hard thing to do. Then, one day, I decided that it must have all been inside my head and finally went to take a look at myself in front of the bathroom mirror. My reflection wasn't there to greet me. Then I made the single worst mistake in my life. I touched the mirror. Or, to be accurate, I reached out to the border of the mirror and found that I didn't feel the glass I was supposed to feel. My hand went straight through. The moment I found out that we could go through mirrors was also the moment I found out that it was a one-way passage. I was unable to pull my hand back out. It felt like my hand was stuck in cement, and the more I struggled, the more I went in. First my wrist, then my arm. I tried pushing against it, but it only resulted in my other arm also being stuck. Just as I called out for help, I heard a high-pitched screech from inside the mirror. Then a dragging noise that appeared to be coming closer, probably from the living room inside. I instantly decided to go through the mirror completely and find a place to hide. I shoved myself in the closet in my mirrored room, while whatever's making the noise went to the bathroom and left. When it didn't screech, it made an inhaling sound. Only inhaled and never exhaled. After what felt like hours, when I no longer heard anything, I crawled out of my hiding. The first thing I noticed is that I no longer recognize the written language. Everything is horizontally flipped, mirrored. And that everything, and I mean everything, felt like glass, even the blankets and cushions. I tried going back through the bathroom mirror, and to my surprise, the mirror is the only thing that didn't feel like glass. It didn't feel like anything. It felt like emptiness, an open door that you can't pass through. I snuck my way to take a peek in the living room, and I saw me, the mirrored version of me. He just stood there with an empty look on his face, staring into nothingness, inhaling and not exhaling. The living room, unlike the bathroom, was very dimly lit. The light source seemed to come from the TV screen, which was turned off, but I could vaguely make out a reflection of the room from the screen. The mirrored me was, for some reason, adjusting himself so that he doesn't appear in the reflection. Deciding it was probably best not to let him see me, I went back into my room and climbed out of the window. Everything outside was dark. Windows were dimly glowing, but the streets were almost pitch black and you can feel that it was noon, because occasionally a car would drive by, and you can see the yellow sunlight from the reflections on its windows, and the reflected objects on this side would also be lit, 
so that it seemed as though the sun was shining on them. It was as if things could only be seen or even exist if they are a reflection from the other side. A woman that stood lifelessly on the corner of the street suddenly moved across the street towards the front window of a clothing shop. She didn't actually walk. It felt more like she was dragged by the head towards her destination, her feet scraping across the pavement every inch she went. She only started to smile and walk when she neared the window, mimicking the person on the other side of the glass. The woman on the other side admired her reflection for some time, then decided to put her palm against the glass. The reflection mimicked her, reaches out her palm, and puts it against the palm of the woman on the other side. From my point of view, there was no actual glass separating them. Their palms are directly in contact, yet the woman didn't feel anything odd. I felt a knot in my stomach forming. I took off. The world was empty and crudely made. One of the street lamps was missing its pole, and there was a park bench that only had one leg. There was only void in the horizon. I considered going back in my room, so I took a glance back. And there it was, my reflection staring at me from the window. He opened his mouth to let out a screech and started to be dragged towards me. Other reflections noticed and started moving towards me. I started running. As I ran, I noticed the silhouette of a gigantic figure looming over the sky. There were strings dangling from it. Puppet strings? I ran inside what's possibly a small grocery store, too dark to tell, and began smashing every glass and mirror in sight. I covered up every last piece of shard to the point that all light sources were snuffed out and I was left in complete darkness. Was that enough to stop them? If they can only exist as reflections, then there was no way one could come near me now, right? But if they are something else... I could hear distant screeches coming from the direction my place was, but it never got closer. As time passed and I got hungry, I started to feel around for things that I can eat. Aside from whatever I used to cover the glass shards with, there was nothing around me, as if all else disappeared. I had to find a way to go back. Starving to death inside a mirror was never an option for me. But how? If mirrors are doorways, then I must make one to come back. A mirror is something that contains reflections. Would it be possible to make a mirror inside a mirror? After some thinking and self-convincing, I uncovered two pieces of mirror shards and faced them towards the other. Two things happened at the same time. Both pieces started emitting intense beams of light from inside them. One beam would shoot out from one of the pieces and into the other, while the other receives it and emits an even stronger beam. I've somehow created a loop. I put a finger into one of the mirror pieces, and it went through. The one other thing that happened was a screech that erupted right next to me. I need a large doorway. With no time to think, I scooped up and threw every single piece of shard into the air, and the room lit up with light. I charged at the direction where the lights were the brightest, and fell headfirst into a bustling grocery store. I cried when I saw the aisle descriptions in normal, non-inverted letters. 
I'm not sure if I've come back to the actual world, or if I've just traveled to another world inside a mirror, an inverted world of an inverted world. I may never find out, but hey, this one is pretty nice. Internet privacy is becoming more and more important these days, and using a VPN in general is the best way to ensure you've got it. And ExpressVPN has everything you'd ever want and need in a VPN, and more. I've tried other VPNs, but once I started using Express months ago, I've never looked back. ExpressVPN works on nearly every computer, tablet, and mobile device, and contains a huge network of servers, over 3,000 spanning 94 countries, with great speeds. You can use it to unblock popular online services like Netflix and Facebook, and they value your privacy more than anything. There are no activity or connection logs, and they use PWC audited servers to confirm compliance with their privacy policy. They are just fantastic, and I could not be more happy to be partnered with them. So if you are interested in trying it out, you can go to expressvpn.com slash clancypasta, or click the link in the description for three months free when you order a 12-month subscription. Using my link, you get an awesome deal, and it helps me out a ton as well. Alright, so without further ado, here's the episode. Clancy Pasta presents... My Father-in-Law Tried to Kill Me Written by Sapphire Lion 15 I love Ben with all of my heart. We met in college, and it was love almost at first sight. He proposed in 2018, and we got married a year later. Well, I say married. We actually had to elope in Las Vegas. Ben's parents didn't like me. I know, no one really loves who their children marry. I mean, my parents didn't love Ben until he saved my little brother's life. He was choking on a chicken nugget. Ben knew the Heimlich maneuver. You do the math. But this felt different from the typical, you're not good enough for our son. Mrs. Kennison, not Ben and I's last name by the way, was okay. She talked to me now and then, smile, etc. But it was obvious that she didn't like me. She made underhanded comments, she was always passive aggressive with me, and she tended to play with my emotions. Mr. Kennison didn't even try to hide it. He basically told me that I'd ruined his son's chance at a happy life and he did anything he could to make our life together miserable. He got drunk at the wedding reception and called me, not Ben, only me, slurs. He refused to help us pay for our honeymoon, we ended up just spending it at home, which wasn't that bad, actually, and he kept calling my parents to try and get them to help break us up. I'm not even kidding, they ended up getting a restraining order. Ben was embarrassed by his parents' actions. I always tried to brush it off like it was no big deal, but I'm pretty sure he caught me researching what you need to do to get a restraining order. Thanks, r slash legal advice. We ended up moving across the country six months after the wedding. Luckily, we did it before COVID-19 shut everything down. Things were pretty quiet for a while after that. We got new jobs, made friends with the neighbors, talked about having a family, etc., then, we got the email from Mr. and Mrs. Kennison. Ostensibly, they wanted to come and visit both to see how we were doing and to apologize for their behavior. We talked about it, then agreed to have them over. If I had known what they were really planning, I would have called the cops and changed the locks. They arrived that Friday afternoon. 
They swarmed over Ben, showering him with love and affection. I got a firm handshake and a half-hearted, How are you? So, nothing had changed. I just put on a brave face and gritted my teeth. Ben had promised me that if they did anything to hurt me, then he was throwing them out without a second thought. If only it was that easy. They mostly behaved themselves throughout dinner, although nitpicked in everything from the tablecloth to the dessert I'd made. We played a few hands of cards after dinner, then went to bed. I was worn out, but I thought I could survive their visit. I woke up at around 3am. I was crazy thirsty and got up to go get a drink. I crept out of the room quietly to avoid waking Ben up. He's a light sleeper. As I went through the den, I thought I saw something in the corner. I looked closer, but I wasn't wearing my glasses. After a minute, I just brushed it off as a shadow. I walked into the kitchen. I still don't know how I didn't hear his footsteps. I was at the cabinet reaching for a glass when I got that prickle on the back of my neck. Maybe you felt it before. It's that uncomfortable feeling you get when you feel like you're being watched. I turned around. Mr. Kennison was standing in the kitchen doorway. His eyes were locked on me, and he wasn't moving. It was like someone had put a wax replica of him in the kitchen. I froze, then started trying to talk to him. Mr. Kennison? My voice cracked. I cleared my throat and said his name again. Mr. Kennison? You took my son from me. His voice was cold, hard, full of hate. What? You took him from me. You could have met a nice girl and settled down in his home state like he's supposed to, but you had to show up. He'll thank me for this one day, because I'm going to set him free. He pulled a knife out from under his robe. I recognized it. I'd used it to cut the meat we'd eaten at dinner. He must have stolen it from the sink while I was loading the dishwasher. It was still stained with beef juice. He lunged at me so fast that I almost didn't have time to react. Almost through instinct, I raised my arms up over my chest and face. I felt the knife slice through my forearm. It would later need surgery and sixty stitches. I screamed at some point, because before I knew it, Ben was there. He swiftly kicked his father in the face, then wrenched the now bloody knife from his hand. I tied a tourniquet on my arm and called the cops. Mrs. Kennison was in the doorway, wearing an expression of total shock. There were two witnesses, a knife with my blood and his fingerprints, and a restraining order from my parents that proved that Mr. Kennison wasn't exactly a model citizen. Mrs. Kennison refused to testify. He didn't have anyone on his side. His lawyer pled insanity, but he still got life in prison. I took leave off of work. My boss understood. Who wouldn't? Ben didn't want to leave me alone, but we had to pay the bill somehow. It was while I was home alone that Mrs. Kennison sent me an email. She wanted to meet me for tea, more or less to repair our relationship. My first instinct was to say no, but I thought about it. Her social life, at least according to Facebook, was dead due to what her husband had done. None of their family members, not even her parents, would talk to her. I took pity on her and agreed to have her over. 
She brought over her favorite tea, and we spent some time together. For the first time in my memory, she was genuinely nice to me. She mostly avoided the murder attempt, but towards the end, she brought it up. I really can't apologize enough for my husband's actions. Well, it's okay. You couldn't have known he was going to do that. He was so stupid. If I, for example, wanted to kill someone, I'd make it look like an accident. With that, she left. It's been 15 minutes, and I don't feel well. I can't stop shaking, my heart's beating a mile a minute, my vision's blurry, and my mouth's gone dry. I called an ambulance, but I don't think that they'll get here in time. I'm writing this so people will know what happened. I think she slipped something into my tea. Thanks for listening, and I hope you enjoyed tonight's story. If you did, make sure to check out more of the author's work in the episode description and go to youtube.com slash clancypasta to hear new episodes first. And if you'd like your story featured in an episode, feel free to email it to clancypastastories at gmail.com. You can always get your creepy cool merch at teespring.com slash stores slash clancypasta store. And I hope you all have a great night. Cheers. <laughs>